0: Hello and welcome to Lord's Brewing Co YouTube channel and Beer Caddy podcast. We have a very, very special guest, very special.
1: Martin Dawson from I'm one of the brewers at Varvar Brew in Kiev, in Ukraine. And it's just
0: a real privilege to have you here. Thank you. Um, honestly, um, you're our first ever um, collab with another brewery. Yeah. So there's probably a reason for that. Um, (laughs) And uh, what a privilege it is to be doing it with Vava and the fact that what it's all about. Um, Tell us what, if you can, what you've been doing and what your goal is for all these collabs that you've been
1: doing. So at the end of last year, we had this idea. Well, not we, some of the guys in the beer community in Ukraine had the idea that Um, One of the beer styles that is very popular there, which is Ukrainian Golden Ale, might be recognisable as its own independent beer style. And there was a little bit of a push to try and get it recognised by BJCP, um, untapped some of the semi-official sources that this is an official beer style. So we had arranged a couple of collabs internationally in the US and in the UK, just to get a bit more international recognition. Because that's one of the things that they look for when they're deciding whether or not they're gonna accept it as a new style is is it yeah. accepted internationally? So we had all these collabs lined up for what February, I think, February, March, and then unfortunately the end of February the Russians invaded, all the plans fell to pieces. Fortunately I was able to leave the country, got back to the UK and said to the guys, Look, we agreed we were gonna do this collab, we're gonna do this for Ukraine and for Ukrainian golden ale. Are you still up for it? And everybody said, yeah, of course. So we were up for it, they were up for it. And since then, we've had a half a dozen other people who were also up for it, said, we want to get in on it too. And that's why we're here, brewing Ukrainian golden ale. It's so exciting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to trying it. Yeah.
0: There's so like, a, t- wh- tell us how the style came about, because you told me earlier, Yeah, and it's so,
1: quite an interesting story. Yeah, Ukraine has got is quite young in terms of craft beer I would say Um, the first brewery to explicitly call itself a craft brewery in Ukraine opened in 2012 it's only 10 years ago Um, before that there obviously there was beer but probably not recognizable as craft beer to people in Europe in the US in the the main craft beer markets Um, there was a lot of lager some of the bigger breweries also did a, some sort of wheat beer, but there was no real craft beer. So back in 2019, um, Vassil Mikulin opened um, a brewery restaurant in Donetsk in eastern Russia. Yeah. Yeah. And he wanted his brewmaster, um, Dimitro, to broaden his horizons from the boat and he sent him to Belgium to learn about Belgian beer styles. He went off, he came back, He was still a little bit iffy on what can and can't be added to beer and still call it beer but he decided i'm going to add something a little bit different i'm willing to accept coriander as an ingredient in a beer so they brewed this new beer style it was seven percent alcohol it was golden it had coriander in it it was very sweet i've tasted a beer that was based on the original recipe it's very sweet Oh, really? Yeah, Ukrainians have got a bit of a sweet tooth. It went down really well. Um, So it was... The flavours in it are interesting, but it's not a huge step from lager to a Ukrainian golden ale. It's um, smooth, a little bit sweet. It's not overly bitter. It's easy drinking. Even though it's 7%, it's quite easy drinking. It was incredibly popular. Unfortunately, the Russians invaded in 2014. Donetsk was... Um, seized by the Russians, and Vassal moved to Kiev, where he opened a new brewery, Vava. Around 2015, um, craft beer sort of really started to arrive in Ukraine. There was a bit more prosperity; people could afford craft beer, um, which obviously a higher price than mass-produced lager. Um, and there was more more people travelling internationally. You know, they'd been to Western Europe, they'd been to the US they tasted you know, IPAs and stouts and things like that. Why can't we buy these in Ukraine? So there was a bit more of a push that we want our own um, uh, craft beer scene. That's pretty cool. Starting in 2015, there's only a handful of breweries doing it, but Vava was one of them. Started making sort of the first wave craft beer styles, you know, your West Coast IPAs, milk stouts, Irish stout, wheats, um, Belgian wits. Saisons, things like that. Quite a range. And they rapidly worked their way through pretty much every style in the beer book. Wow. It's, It's had a real, it's like an accelerated, like smash through all the beer styles. See what suits the market. If it suits the market, we'll make it. And if it doesn't, then it's a fad and it's gone.
0: Yeah, similar thing to us on a smaller scale. Uh, there's beers that we we watch um, we have brew software and we can see what's popular and what's not and you'll see stuff just it, it, it'll it have been really popular and then it just stops, no yeah. one wants it anymore it doesn't matter what you do with that beer no one wants yeah. it, so you, there's no point in keep trying to make
1: it again, we just ax it, do something else well we, we've all, we've seen it here with things like black IPA came and went brew IPA came and went uh, who knows what's going to happen with like, all these fruited whatever's uh, now on the market are they going to last or is it going to be a fad who knows although we just made a black IPA we we're always
0: behind yeah. the curve <laughs> so we made it on it we made it on cask instead of kegs. interesting just, yeah well just because why not you know just to see what we, we're really good at cask um, well I certainly think we are and um, we came from a traditional background and we've kind of evolved from there and we were like we really love cask. Let's have a go and put in a style that you wouldn't put in a cask. So that's what we did. And this is kind of the same thing. You wouldn't normally put this in a cask, would you?
1: So this, no, we wouldn't. So as as well as this um, sort of first wave craft, at, at the same time as that was happening in Ukraine. So we've now like let's see what, what is it in? It's probably late nineties. It started in the UK, right? So twenty odd years. And Ukraine has smashed through all of them in seven years, let's say. And now it's bang up to date. If you go to Ukraine now, well, okay. In normal market circumstances, you could buy West Coast IPA, Hazy IPA, fruited sours, pastry stouts, smoothie, all, all of the modern styles you could buy in a beer shop. But weirdly, one thing that also stuck was this Ukrainian golden ale because around the same time that the first wave of craft was um, happening, beer festivals started happening. And Ukrainians have a little bit of an unusual attitude towards beer festivals. Really? Now you would probably go to a beer festival in the UK and your goal is how many different beers can I try at this festival? Yeah. A lot of Ukrainians go to a beer festival and for them it's just a social activity. It's a big pub. They're looking for a beer that they like and they might drink that one beer all day.
0: Really? Wow, that's,
1: a, that, wow, that's an interesting way of doing it. It must weird. be frustrating for the buyer. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit weird, right? Because you could go buy that in a supermarket and drink it without coming to the festival. But a lot of them, it's just for the, you know, they go with their friends. You do get the beer geeks who are, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna try that, I'm gonna try everything. Do they have panda bottles? <laughs> the, the little plastic panda bottles that our guys have. <laughs> I haven't seen any that bad, I don't think. It always makes me laugh That does. But hey, if they're really into it, then mine's not good. It's weird. You get this um, real split between those who are really like the beer geeks who want to try everything you've got and those who want something pale and easy to drink and that's what they're going to drink. Right. It also makes it tough for us when we're selling beer at a beer festival because we also always have to have a tap of beer for the people who just want a a lager a wheat beer and then we've got to do all the crazy stuff for the beer geeks who are expecting pastry barrel aged sour fruited session yeah everything whatever yeah yeah how many adjectives can you fit in this beer yeah so when the festivals first started golden ale was one of those beers that the the guy who wanted to drink one beer that's what he was drinking another brewery started there's something a lot of that beer maybe we ought to make one and then another brewery would say Hmm. we're gonna make one of those yep. too. And suddenly, there's now like 10 to 15 breweries in, UK- in Ukraine who make this style. Mm. So, that's where we thought, maybe it is its own style. Cause it's not really a Belgian um, golden strong. It doesn't have that yeast driven, like the, pear, the flavors. Of, yeah, the pear drops and all the crazy. And on the other hand, it's not a British golden ale cause it's stronger, it's not as bitter, it's sweeter. I think it's a little bit different. I'm, I'm so. really looking forward to trying it. So that's where it came from, really. That this, it's, it's. I mean, it's, it's our best-selling beer. Wow. We do, you know, the pastry stuff, the fruited stuff, the imperial stout stuff, the barrel-aged stuff. Our number one beer, Golden Ale.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. So well, I'm, I'm really, yeah. I feel really privileged that we're doing it. I like the fact that we're trying it in a completely different format as well. And I hope it works. Otherwise, we're gonna have a lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: that we're not gonna know what to do with. We've got 1,000 well, liters, I hope you like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it'll be around, I, I think we've targeted around
1: late fives, early sixes. So yeah, so, should, your version, I, I understand, is gonna be about 6%. A Ukrainian yeah. version would probably be 6.5 to 7 the cask six is already
0: pushing the envelope so,
1: so, it's a pretty pretty tough sell so, yeah, yeah yeah let's see how it goes
0: i'm i'm gonna uh i'm yeah i'm gonna go for it and encourage people to try it i, I know what's gonna happen it's gonna people are gonna go you, you've done what <laughs> uh right and then hopefully if we try it people will rave about it or there'll be the absolute uh, opposite Uh, We still haven't quite figured out what we're going to call it. We've been bouncing around some pump clip ideas. I still like the one. I've made a pump clip that looks like an Airfix model. Um, And (laughs) it's about... ship. Yeah, but Putin ship. Uh, It's like a model kit. And, um, you know, uh, with Airfix models, you always had an epic picture of the battleship or aeroplane. Well, this has just got C in it. There's nothing there. Which I think I did steal the idea of somebody else that had done it with a Ravel model kit. And I thought that's kind of funny. Um, I also, the
1: ship was here.
0: Yeah, now it's. I saw another one, yeah. another be- and it's beautiful <laughs> bit of artwork. Um, but I think it's probably pushing it too far. And it's. Um, a, uh, you remember when Hitler, uh, that famous that, photo where that, he's holding. That old. No, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? No, but there's a photo where he's holding a boy's face and he's yeah. talking to him. And they've done the same thing. I think a Ukrainian artist has done it, and it's Hitler and it's been drawn or painted it's quite quite beautiful in the way it's uh, it's kind of cartoony um and he's He's holding uh putin's head and I was like that's what I feel about it um but uh, Mike and Steve vetoed it. They're like, you cannot put Hitler on a. On a there is someone that's going to lose their mind over that.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to make a point, but um, yeah, yeah I a, kind that's, of that's pushing it. Yeah,
0: it's a tough I yeah, yeah. kind of pushing that too far. So I want to have fun with it. Um, and what I don't want it to become, and I, I'm guilty of this. I've got obviously on our social media is when we found out that um, Ukraine was being invaded. So um our uh, the our investors they have staff in ukraine um, that was pretty scary um getting them safe basically um i won't go into what happened, but yeah all hands on deck for that one um and then on top of that um we've got i go to a big church in in Huddersfield and we had uh we had links with the ukrainian church we got lots of friends there and then we were helping them get out as well and it just really maddened me that the way it was done and all the lies and the lead up to it and all that kind of stuff it just i don't know like some. what i don't want to do is that the ukrainian flag becomes a uh, sales tool to sell stuff and that's what i'm, I'm fully aware of And somebody else said it to me, and I I spoke about this on my live stream yesterday, which was, they said, why would you fly the Ukrainian flag when their government has got questionable practices and there are Nazis and all this stuff? And I said, it's not about the politicians. We all know governments are corrupt. It's about the
1: people. It's about the people. Normal people caught in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, like the the Ukrainian flag thing is... (laughs) like a weird thing i was talking to one of my my colleagues and we were talking about all these collabs we've been doing and the easy way of doing the label is some combination of blue and yellow and you go into some bottle shops now and the shelf is just everything is blue and yellow because everybody has done something for ukraine it's a, it's a really weird feeling to go somewhere and see, i mean i'm not ukrainian i'm british but to go somewhere and see everybody supporting ukraine is really weird i mean i've just spotted your um the cask there with the bands on it, blue and yellow. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, we, we we've got a few of them floating around. We bought them ages ago, but yeah, we have a weird weird synergy with uh, Ukraine and um, in a nice way. And we know people there. And yeah, I just I am yeah I just think it's terrible. Um, um, one thing I would say um, is there's so much propaganda as well. Go and. Do your research, don't believe everything that you see. Um, and yeah. also uh, a good uh, person to watch is a guy called Indigo Traveler on YouTube. He's recently done uh, a series on Ukraine and he's very impartial. And okay. he, um, he, w- he was quite interesting. They went out into an area where there were some people that were pro-Russian and R- Russia had shelled all their houses. And this guy stood there, and he was like, "Well, if this is Russia's freedom, I don't want it." Um, so there's there's lots that's gone on, um, and I just feel for the people and the children. You know, they they're
1: they're completely innocent in it. Yeah, I've got a lot of friends who are still out there, and for weeks they were staying in bomb shelters, trying to get out of the city. It was like absolute chaos for those first few weeks. Settled down a little bit now. And I'll say life is somewhat back to normal. You know, people are still going to work. there. you know you can still go out and have a drink in a bar or a restaurant, although there's a curfew so you're not out late at night partying. Um but I, I was back there for a day last week and yeah, it's it's just not quite the same. It, it's um Yeah, it I, I can't even imagine it. I hear
0: so my dad was I had quite an old dad. And he um he would tell me stories about the war. And he was quite young when the war was on. Um, But the the stories are almost like otherworldly. And you think of it as something that happened a million years ago. To somebody else. To somebody else. And then all of a sudden we're in modern society. Yeah. And here we are in the UK worrying about what politics or you know all sorts of little intricate parts of society and so on the uh, not that far away in europe people are yeah. hiding in in bunkers
1: it's mental it's not that far away at all i mean when i was back there's a little park near where i where i was living and i used to go running there every morning and while i was back for all times sake i went for a run around the park and in that area, there's like trenches dug, there's bunkers set up for guns. It's, it, you don't expect to walk out of the place where you live and see like trenches, guns, roadblocks. It Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I'll say now is relatively safe, but before it started, it was also safe. The night before the invasion, I was out celebrating with some friends. Woke up the next morning, got a phone call from my boss. Like um. What are your plans for the day? Like, I'm going to go to work. It, you haven't seen the news, have you? It, no. It, you really need to check the news. Like, okay. Wow. <laughs> check the news, and that's how I found out. And Ukraine is two hours ahead of the UK. So I packed my stuff up, ready to get going, had a shower, and then I started getting messages from people in the UK saying, Have you seen what's happened? Yeah, I have, yeah, it's crazy. How
0: did you get out? Was it a challenge?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a challenge. So the, the first part was, firstly, I was told, stay where you are, don't move. Then some friends from work said, we're all meeting together. There's a little group of us getting together in a flat in the center of the city. Let's stay together and stay safe. Pack your essentials. So I took a rucksack that had my laptop change of clothes passport cash and a bottle of whiskey hey you need well the bottle of whiskey my thinking was i don't know what i'm stepping out there into cash might become worthless but a bottle of whiskey is always a can you help me out yeah yeah so i took the bottle of whiskey no that's, that's all i took when i left everything else i left in my my flat we met up we spent the first night in actually in the car park underneath the block of flats because it doubled as a bomb shelter. First thing next morning, we set off and went to stay with um, family of a friend outside the city. And I stayed there a week until a friend of a friend, a friend of a friend was driving to Poland and wanted somebody to go with her. I said, yep, sure, I will go. It took us two days to get to Lviv, which is normally like a, seven hour car journey right okay roadblocks every one two kilometers right down the road uh, who are you where have you come from where are you going was that Ukrainian roadblocks so th- this was Ukrainian it was yeah. c- some civilian some police some military oh
0: civilian roadblocks
1: yeah so civilian but it's like the local yeah um, lo- local defense force yeah like say. militia
0: local militia yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah fair enough um, yeah all, all like fully armed to the teeth What's in the back of the car, what? two cats, have a look. Yeah, okay, two you come. So it, it took us two days to get to Lviv, at which wow. point my driver said, actually I'm gonna stay in Ukraine. So the people we stayed with the second night said they would take me as close to the border as they could get me the next day. So they took me about six kilometers away. We were stuck in traffic and I said, you know what? We could be sitting here all day, I'm gonna walk. So I set off walking and that would have been like 11 o'clock in the morning and about midnight that night I crossed the border after standing in a queue in the freezing cold for hours. Yeah, it was. Wow. That was pretty rough, that queue. It was just masses of people, no toilet, no food, no water, freezing cold. This was end of February, so it was below zero once it got dark. They would open the gates, let maybe a 100 people through, close the gate, and there were thousands of people there, thousands, and mostly women and children. Oh, So besides the fact I was thinking, I'm in a really terrible situation here, I was in a far better position than most of them. Yeah, yeah. Got over the border, got a bus to Krakow, no I didn't. I got a bus to some other little town and then random volunteers had come to this town called something like My, I don't speak Polish. Volunteers had come and they were holding up a sign saying, this is where I'm going, this is how many many people I can carry. So a guy with a Krakow sign said, Krakow, please. And he drove me to Krakow. Wow. Krakow, I stayed overnight with a friend of a friend. And the next morning, he took me to the airport and I flew back to Leeds Bradford Airport. And I was back. Wow. So a wow, cra- that's crazy amazing. week. A week I never thought I would experience, but.
0: That's insane. Yeah, That's like next level, cra- wow. I mean, it's amazing to hear the Polish rallying around. And, and the, the, support, doing...
1: the support on the Polish side of the border was incredible. That's fine. They're, they're, I, they, they're they good could people. Not, I mean it was a little bit chaotic on the Ukrainian side as I think that's forgivable yeah. once you got to Poland people could not do enough to help it was amazing wow. That's amazing
0: yeah uh, they're good people the polish yeah they are hard working crazy i love them they're they're uh, they're good people they're so nice to to hear that you know everyone's banding together and you know uh, and i would say to anybody who's listening who might be you know, looking at all the conspiracy theories and everything that goes around it. Just forget that for a second and just think about what it would be like if you were there. And the scary bit is, it's only in Europe. It's not that yeah, far. Yeah.
1: It's not, it's like so. a three and a half hour flight from here to to Kiev. It's just mental. And, uh, yeah, just remember there are good, honest, decent people there who are stuck in the middle and they don't want to be. The first night as we were driving out towards the Polish border um, we hit a town city called Winnitsia. We were planning on sleeping in the car somewhere we're just going to park up quiet road because there was a curfew as well so once it got to a certain time pull up sleep in the car. We went to a fuel station to refuel for the next morning and a random guy overheard us discussing what we're going to do tonight. He insisted on kicking his kids out for the night to stay with friends so that we could sleep in their beds really <laughs> so the first night we slept in some random guy's house the next morning he gave us breakfast gave us food for the day and off we went again wow uh, yeah some but like, really really great people there that's incredible isn't it wow awesome
0: yeah just and, and here we are in little Huddersfield on a hill in an old building uh, making some beer to try and support yeah. that effort even the forklift's got in on the uh, well, color yeah. scheme uh- once you see it you see it everywhere <laughs> yeah, bl- bl- blue do, and yellow yeah it works really well <laughs> yeah, we've got blue blue and yellow uh, yeah, there you go trolleys and everything yeah it's, it's fantastic um but yeah I, I think it's great what you're doing um i i yeah i'm hoping that we can raise some money and some more awareness and uh, i hope the beer turns out good and sure honors the style because obviously it's a, we've done it a really wonky way by putting it in the cask um, but yeah it's re, it's re, it's be, i, I can i know i keep saying it but it is a real privilege well, and uh, i thank you for coming up and spending time with us and
1: you're welcome yeah um, the support we've had from the beer community was amazing like within 24 hours of it happening i think just about everyone i've ever worked with in the like the beer industry had messaged me to say oh my god are you okay is everybody safe i'm not sure there's many other industries where that would have happened yeah and since we've been back people can't do enough to help us you know we had um, the guys from eurobuza put in a a big order to get our beer into the uk to help us out because we had beer in the brewery that we couldn't sell at the time so he helped us get a, a truck to the uk Another guy got us a truck to the Netherlands. Another one went to Denmark. Friends all around the UK, around the world, in fact, brewing beer to support Ukraine. It's been it's been incredible.
0: It's awesome. It's yeah. it's
1: amazing. And um, some of the breweries involved.
0: You want to name all I, the ones so far that you've done? Yeah, if you I'm, can I'm, do I'm, it. I'm a
1: bit scared to name all of them because if I miss one now, I'm in yeah. big trouble. Aren't I? <laughs> okay, so we we went to. Holy Goat did a Ukrainian golden ale, um, which they barrel aged. They did it with buckwheat honey. Oh, wow. I, I still haven't tried. I've got bottles of that in my, my room and I still haven't got around to tasting it. I'm, I should. Um, Full Circle in Newcastle, also did a Ukrainian golden ale. Um, awesome. You guys have done a Ukrainian golden ale. Osset Brewery did a Ukrainian golden ale. Did I do theirs in cask? Theirs is going to be in cask, yeah. Ah, right.
0: Okay, that'll so be So you've got a
1: competition. Yeah, me and Jamie, me and Jamie will have a chat about it. Um, New Barnes um, in Edinburgh did a Ukrainian Golden Ale. Kaleidoscope in Copenhagen. Sogatuk in Sogatuk, which is Michigan, US. Wow. Um, Forbidden Route and Midwest Coast in Chicago also did some. Cool. Um th- Those were really good, actually, those three. Full Circles I've also tasted, theirs was really good. The others I haven't tasted yet. And when I've tasted all of them, someone's going to say, so which is the best? And I'm going to have to be diplomatic, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then on top of those guys, um, I went to Rivington and we did a double IPA, Um, Hazy IPA. Um, Moonwake in Edinburgh, we did a Vienna Lager. Um, Went to Stu Mostov in Wrocław in Poland and did a double IPA. They actually got donations from a hop farm in New Zealand and a yeast lab in Canada. Wow. So they so it was a, a mix of different people wanting to help. So we brewed a beer that they brewed for a um, Beer Geek Madness, a festival they organised in last April. Last April, like it was ages ago. I know, in yeah, April. it feels like it, doesn't it? Mad Scientist in Budapest did a, they do Beer, mead, and braggart.
0: Braggart, what's
1: braggart? Braggart is a a mix between mead and beer. Oh, wow. It's beer with a certain amount of honey in it. Uh. So they did one of their base braggarts and they dry hopped it the way that we dry hop one of our IPAs, so it was sort of a hybrid beer between the two. I also haven't tasted that one yet. Um, Have I missed anyone? Oh yeah, cut. (sighs) So for the Liverpool Beer Expo, which is next week, um, pretty much every craft brewery, I think, in Liverpool got together and we did a mega collab, which was hosted by Carnival. They also oh, did a, co- um, a Ukrainian golden ale. So, I think that's five in the UK, six now in the UK, once yours is released. Three in the US. What about beer rings? Uh, just... <laughs> you forgot. And I didn't, I was coming to that. Yeah, alright, We might be doing one in Chile as well, a Ukrainian golden ale. Denmark, and then let's see about the other stuff. Oh, maybe Switzerland. Yeah, we also did a, a collab with Beer Inc. So I actually met um, Gav at Beer Geek Madness. He went out for the festival and came to the Varvar VAR stand, of course, got chatting to him. He said, Do you want to do a collab? We got talking, and a friend of mine from my little beer drinking circle in Kiev once started telling this story about pickled watermelon as a snack. Honestly, to me, it sounded disgusting, and a lot of the other Ukrainians were, really, that's a Ukrainian thing? I've never heard of it. I asked around and everybody said, oh yeah, my grandma used to like that. So I think it's something that used to be popular, wow. and yeah, now is perhaps yeah. less popular, I don't know. But I mentioned it to um, Gav and Ryan, and they're like, yeah, 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 we can do that. So we we're, we're doing a pickled watermelon sour, which I wow. think, I think they're about to, package it in fact that was i love ryan he's crazy 265 kilograms of watermelon (laughs) chopped pressed juiced pickled and pickled yeah amazing i've never tasted pickled watermelon no so i'm looking forward to tasting their beer and see what it tastes like i'm a little bit this is either going to be like wow that's great or what were you thinking?
0: Well, Isn't yeah, they? but that's what I, I tell you what, uh, beering Ryan is, he always is, he'll just give it a go. He, and he, he pulls it off all the time. Um, I've had so I was saying to you when I sat over there, I was like, oh, so some of the beers
1: he does are so good. And I really enjoy him. so. Well, he says he's tasted it and it's great, but I'm, it might be one of those beers that you yeah that's nice but i'm not gonna drink a full pint of it
0: yeah but at least you can take it off your list and say you've had something that crazy
1: but it, it, it so. was it was really really great beer to brew and it's something connected to my friends in in kiev as well so that's i'm awesome I'm, I'm that's maybe the one i'm really looking forward to trying because i just have no idea how it's going to taste pick, pick pickled watermelon i i can't even imagine <laughs> it i'm trying to process it in my brain I'm told it's like an, an amazing combination of bitter sweet and no sweet salty and sour
0: sweet salty and sour
1: yeah crazy absolutely crazy that is hey fair game at least had a go uh, we've done some weird stuff in the past at Varvar like with beetroot and cucumber and like, tomato beer is really popular in Ukraine yeah uh, wow like, I can drink it and say, yeah, that's interesting. I'm not gonna drink it again. But if we don't make it in summer, our like fans start saying, um, where's the tomato beer, guys? Come on, it's summer. Really? And the latest thing is, like these, like uh, a sauce beer. It's, it tastes like you're drinking, marin- ba- barbecue marinade is what it tastes like. Now, to me, <laughs> if, I, if I wanted to drink barbecue marinade flavoured beer, well, I wouldn't, but I would just drink some barbecue marinade, right? But yeah. it's, it's become a, a thing now. It's gone from the tomato to, oh, well, tomato sort of goes with like these herbs and- Smoky and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, it's, it's a barbecue goza. Oh, look, it's, a, it's like- A barbecue It's a barbecue marinade. Wow. And some of them have even started putting like the fruit pulp and stuff on. <laughs> so it, it's actually thick like a, a marinade smoothie. Yeah, I know. I bet that'd be great to cook with though. Now, if you were cooking with it, now now you're talking my language, but drinking it I'm not a fan, but they They love it, it. It's a new thing in Ukraine, yeah. I mean yeah. I think it's partly the cultural thing of what you connect those flavours to from childhood. And there's a uh, lot of this right, okay. so in Ukraine it would be normal to um, like preserve food by drying it, smoking it, pickling it or something. So when you taste a beer that is a little bit of a, like a pickled flavour, you associate it with what grandma used to make when yeah, you were a child. That makes sense, yeah. And yeah. there's that sort of nostalgia thing, whereas when I'm drinking them, I I don't get that association because, I mean, I, I don't drink pickle juice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, weirdly. I'm
0: with you. I, I, however, as a kid, used to go and steal vinegar out of the cupboard. And it used to make, and I used to drink it straight out of the bottle. It made my uh, lips go blue. Strange. I know I'm a strange yeah, person. Yeah. I've some very odd habits when I was younger. Um, my wife probably says I still have odd, odd habits now. Um, we, we, we
1: all, are, we're all a little bit odd in our own way. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's uh, yeah. That that's the salt sort of life, isn't it? It's, yeah. I'm if not sure. I'm sure a
1: marinade beer would catch on in the UK. So I can't
0: but. see it being a thing.
1: Although... I'm going to ask Ryan to try it. Ryan
0: will have a go and he'll yeah. probably
1: nail it first yeah. go. Yeah. It'd be hilarious <laughs> just to do it. Maybe that's going to be the next... Could so, be. Um, we we put beetroot in a stout. as We did an April Fool's joke. The beer was called Zem, and it was meant to be about this very dark earth in Ukraine that is very fertile. Right. So the joke was we've done a dirt beer, right? I think uh, I saw this. That's obviously a joke, right? Yeah. But we got people going into our bar saying, yeah, where's the Chorna Like, It's a joke. It's dirt beer. All oh, right. we wanted to try it. So, okay, if they want to try it, we're going to make it. Obviously, we're not going to put dirt in. So we needed to get this earthy flavor without actual earth. So uh, I think we did smoked pears and beetroot. Ooh, wow. I liked it, but I wasn't a huge fan. But people who liked that flavour couldn't get enough of the stuff. So now it seems beetroot's taking over and there's like beetroot stouts everywhere. I've even had an alcohol-free beetroot stout. That's mental. I like beetroot. I'm, I can roll with that. I, I'd give it a go. Yeah.
0: Maybe that's the next one. Um, yeah, we... <laughs> we did... Um, for April Fool's. I put out that we'd opened an OnlyFans page. <laughs> <laughs> so on our uh, Instagram, we have a link tree and it's got all our like socials on there and the trade portal where you can buy your beer if you're a pub or a wholesaler. And um, we put OnlyFans on there. And then uh, when you clicked it, it rip-rolled you. So people were like, What's funny about it is some people laugh, ha ha ha. Some people were like, um, didn't want to admit that they'd gone and
1: clicked on it. Well, I imagine some people were also a little bit disappointed when they got rickrolled.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were we saying we should have done it like, the next year we might, we might actually do it, and open an OnlyFans, but do like, cans that are laid out in lingerie. All right,
1: yeah. <laughs> Interesting. It'd just be hilarious. I'm, I'm yeah. sure some people would
0: um, pay for that. But there, there's, there's always, yeah, people have some very straight, well, if you can, if you like beer that's made tastes like marinade, then the there sky's the limit there as far go. as I'm concerned. Right. But yeah.
1: O- o- only fans for cans. Yeah, only, only fans for cans, that's amazing. Mm.
0: Oh man, we, we were t- talking about, because um, there's a lot of beer reviewers that are popping up on YouTube. I mean, we were talking the other day and I said, I said, if I, didn't, if I didn't have a brewery, because I don't review other people's beers, or very rarely, and they're normally ones that I've been given from another country, or somebody, I'm there with somebody else who's reviewing it. So I, I'm not, I don't have the most sophisticated palate, um, but I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And uh, we were, I said, if I, if I didn't have a brewery and I could review any beer, I would start something called Bath Time Beer Reviews, and to remember the darling buds of May, yeah. where they used to have like a full turkey in the bath and all that, and yeah. loads of bubbles. I'd be like, do a beer review in the bath, and it would be so unusual that I reckon it would I do reckon, well. I
1: reckon, yeah, I think you'd get a lot of fetishists um, into that. Yeah, I think yeah. it'd
0: be. I think <laughs> I think uh, it would be surprisingly popular, um, although people didn't um, didn't go with the idea when I suggested it. Um, I have actually hot tub live streamed um, on some, I was on holiday and I was, I paid for a hot tub. Uh, and I was like, I'm not, not hot, been in that hot tub when I have paid all this money for it. So I said, look, I'll do you live, but I'm coming on from the hot tub. And um, that was Total Carnage. And we were drinking blue monkey beers. Um, and I nearly drowned from laughing because somebody
1: Sounds said like something that
0: it, it sent me off and, and yeah drinking in the hot tub is not really the thing to do yeah it's not good for you so if you're watching don't do it anyway we have got. To, i've gone off on a
1: complete and utter tangent now, but. Did, did you get more viewers because you were in the hot tub or fewer? he viewers? did yeah yeah because yeah. just
0: for the stupid factor so uh,
1: i don't think it was the stupid factor i think you've got some, nah, some fans out there no
0: no awkward yeah who knows um but yeah it's been uh it's been good fun um doing the social media and doing youtube yeah, yeah. it's a whole another world that i didn't know existed pre pre um oh i i did have the channel before uh the lockdown but i didn't really do anything with it and then lockdown came and we that's how we advertised who we were because we didn't have any money to really like where did you go with that hey Like. Well, you can't really do it. I don't know where you, you've only got Instagram, Facebook, yeah, yeah, really, and or Twitter if you're good at Twitter. But I can't spell, so <laughs> most of the time Twitter's a uh, disaster. Most, most me. people
1: on Twitter can't spell, so you're okay. Well, it's
0: true, yeah, it's true. And I always end up in arguments on Twitter, so I just mm. keep keep out of it. Um, it. Do you know what Twitter's like? It's like going in the services or going into public toilets and writing something on the wall and then leaving. Like there's no, you just put, there's like, almost like no consequence to it. And then you never go back, so you don't even care what people respond no. underneath this. It, so. It's like, I've said my bit, I'm gone. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I hate it. And Facebook's going the same way, if you ask me. Anyway, we're putting the world to right, so. So, the beer is coming, the beer will be ready two to three weeks, I reckon, our end.
1: Also, end of June-ish. Yeah. Like last and, week of June. Yeah.
0: And we're, uh, the Grove have given us a permanent line now. In Excellent. the pump. And we're gonna take the beer to the Grove and we'll do a launch night to celebrate that we've got a permanent line and that we've done this Ukrainian collab. So if you're about and you're not flying all over the world doing stuff. I, I think I'm actually
1: here the last week of June. Let's see. I am,
0: yeah. Okay. So you'll have to come and drink with us. I will, yeah. And then you can tell tell me if you don't like it. I don't mind.
1: Yeah. And I, <laughs> the guys from the Grove actually came down and helped with the, the watermelon as well, so... Um, They're a good bunch, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think they knew that they were coming to work. I thought they were coming for, like... Social media stuff. Social media, photo opportunity. Yeah. It's like, um, here's some watermelon guys, get cutting. Uh, oh, okay, excellent, yes. Out with us a
0: lot, like serious amounts of watermelon to be chopped. We did a, a collab beer with um, a, a friend of ours, Paul's beer reviews, and he's ginger, so he wanted ginger in his beer, and we did forty kilos of fresh ginger.
1: I heard about the ginger,
0: yeah. But luckily, I stayed out of the way. I found things to do that weren't related to. I've, I've got food. a delivery,
1: guys. I'll just leave that with yeah, you. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I just spent. I was like, I'm in the
1: office. I'm doing receipts. I'm doing receipts, and uh, yeah, that was it. One of these Ukrainian golden ales, we were putting coriander in and the boil had started and one of the, there were two brewers and one of them was saying, you know, maybe we should start on the coriander and he was like, we've got loads of time, we've got loads of time. I, I, I really think we should start the coriander. Said, Don't worry about it. Like 20 minutes left on the boil, he decided he was going to start on this coriander and he was putting it in a, like a plastic bag and hitting it with a hammer and then realized how much coriander he had and how little time he had. So we we ended up with coriander in the, two buckets. One person was smashing it with a hammer, and the other one had like the end plate off, uh, off one of the tanks. <laughs> so it was a metal disc with a handle on the back. So he was like using that as a knuckle duster, just pounding this thing. Wow. And there were three of us, like one doing it with a hammer, the other like this, and the other had some other random piece of metal. And we were just like smashing it to bits how long have we got five minutes left let's go let's go wow it was yeah that was um quite quite hard work for, yeah i really was yeah it's quite tough as the old coriander as well so, so now i warn people ahead of time if you're doing the coriander perfect be prepared to um to crush it somehow yeah do not rely on the hammer and bucket method
0: yes <laughs> yeah
1: i mean it's so not the, the one yeah the beer was delicious but I mean, maybe the hammer and bucket thing is what gave it that extra... Yeah, that...
0: The, yeah, you can really of, taste the, the hammer the in this
1: one, yeah. It's.
0: So, uh, yeah. D- I don't but, recommend it. No, no, but it's got to be done. Well, it's been lovely talking to you, and um, it's been... Uh, I think you're probably my most high-profile uh, guest I've ever had. Am I, uh, am
1: I your first ever guest?
0: No, you're not my first <laughs> ever guest, but you're probably my first ever within the trade that I've not met before okay. and interviewed. So uh, I'm not, yeah, we'll be on all the platforms, so it's all very exciting. Um, and I quite enjoy doing this, it's good fun. So uh, thank you ever so much. And thank you. I look forward to having a beer with you at The Grove. The Grove. And you're not far from us, so uh, yeah, it's a good excuse to, uh, you're always welcome here by the way.
1: Don't need an excuse. Yeah, just an invitation. Yeah,
0: well, you're always, if you're ever knocking around, wait, it's kind of a place for waifs wave, and strays up here anyway. So if you ever just fancy coming up and having a coffee and tuna fat, you're always welcome.
1: Hey, guys, I'm back.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're always welcome. So thank uh, you. Yeah, no worries. So thank you for listening or watching uh, on whatever platform you are. And uh, from Lords Spring Co. and Val, Val Brew. Um, Have a wonderful day, evening, night, morning, whatever you're doing. We love you. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you.